Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Here we are and we're live. Hi, Julie. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Good New new time frame for us. It's late. Yeah, it is late. I had to uh, drink a little caffeine while I was coaching class because I might fall asleep. <laughs> it might be past my bedtime by the time we finish today, but oh, it's that's true. All good. But it'll still be light, you know. Yeah, well, kind of. It's dark right now, but oh, my, it's way light here. Is it? Yeah. All right. So, episode ten. We've hit our tenth episode. Yay! Yay. Episode ten. Um, deal breakers. Deal breakers. I had a conversation with a friend today about this topic, and we came up with some scenarios that we can talk about as we get into the discussion. So some of them obvious, some of them not so obvious. So do you want to start us off with the definition? Um, A deal breaker is anything that uh, the two individuals in the relationship each feel strongly about uh, and and not in agreement about and are not willing to budge on. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean, so my definite, when I thought of deal breakers, I thought of what things could happen in a relationship that would make me want to say, no way, there's no fixing this, I'm out. And your definition is a little different than that. There's a little more hope in your definition than my definition. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're talking about more kind of egregious things, I would imagine. Um, These don't necessarily, I mean, those are pretty obvious, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, you know, a betrayal for some people is a deal breaker. Um, Right. That's a little bit more obvious than, you know, and there are more obvious ones and there's less obvious ones, but, um, so betrayal might be for some people, it's a deal breaker. Now, the thing is with deal breakers is, uh, sometimes people will say something is a deal breaker and when it actually happens, then it's, it's not so much of a deal breaker. Ah, Okay. Yeah, so I mean, somebody that's... might say, you know, you might say, oh, God, if I if anyone ever cheated on me or, hey, buddy, you know, my husband or, you know, your partner, if you ever cheat on me, that's the end. And then something happens like cheating mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, it's like when you're actually faced with that situation, uh, oftentimes um, following through on that strong uh, feeling that it would be over is um, harder to do than than one thinks because of the attachment system. Yeah. It's kind of like when you tell your kids, if you get another parking ticket, I'm going to take your car away from you. And then they get another parking ticket and you're like, oh shit, I got to take the car away. Do I really want to take the car away? 
That is not real life situation, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, get it. I totally understand. Right. Right. And I mean, and, and it's even more complicated than that because the attachment system is at play mm-hmm. and we don't want to uh, face loss. Yeah. So what would be an example of something a little more innocuous than uh, the obvious of, you know, infidelity, betrayal? Uh, it can come about with regards to kids or no kids in a relationship if they, oh, okay. you know, one person, like they might get together and they might both say, yeah, I don't want kids or no, I don't, I definitely want kids. And then, you know, they're living life and somewhere along the line, one of them changes their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a deal breaker. Could be uh, somebody starts doing drugs. Could be uh, somebody smokes cigarettes. Could be somebody uh, travels for work. Somebody, you know, it, it, I mean, it's like it, it really just depends on the situation, the, the couple, you know, if it's somebody's traveling for work and the other person is like, dude, I, I never see you. And then when you come back, it's always disruptive for me and the kids, we can't get a rhythm and then you leave and then you're barely here. And I, I just, this is a deal breaker for me. If you continue to have this job and the other person might be like, well, I can't find another job. So this is the job I have to be in. And so then you have to have a conversation about that. Yeah. So that brings us to sort of like what, how do couples sort of deal with these deal breakers? How do you work with them to, to sort of get through them or explore them Mm -hmm. a little bit more? Yeah. So that's, there's two different questions there is how do couples usually deal with it and how do I deal with it with couples. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause what couples usually do with deal breakers is they don't address them. And they just <laughs> kick the, kick the t- can down the road and Keep them under the rug. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to, and it gets played out in lots of different ways with resentment or frustration or just, you know, unhappiness in the relationship. And it's just because they don't want to address it because um, and it's really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, how we deal with it in the office is that once a deal breaker is uh, recognized, which is you know my job to recognize that there's a deal breaker at play or sometimes couples come in and say, hey, you know, I want kids, he doesn't want kids, or vice versa. Um, They've already identified the deal breaker. Um, But then we don't do anything else but resolve that deal breaker. So the relationship might have, you know, aspects that need shoring up, whether it's full transparency or... um, not throwing one another in the bus or talked about already. Um, but we don't address any of those things before we deal with the deal breaker. And we don't like, it could be many, many sessions sure. where that's all we are doing is we are not letting, and the couple will want to, you know, wax and wane and go over here and go over there and do this and do that and jump, you know, do somersaults. But, um, but 
a, a good therapist will allow that. We'll continue to bring them back to the deal breaker and have them keep working on it until if, you know, and putting pressure on the system so that an actual decision can be made. Mm-hmm. And I, and I guess the, the resistance there of the couples to, to sort of go through it and, and to focus on it and not focus on other things is just because at the end, there's going to be some kind of decision, right? Cause by virtue of the fact that we're calling it a deal breaker, right? Like somebody either has to acquiesce or something has to change. Right. I mean, somebody's got to change the way they feel or or what have you. Guys, tell me in the chat, too. Um, is Julie breaking up because she's breaking up for me and I can't tell if it's my Wi-Fi or her Wi-Fi. So let me know in the chat what's happening there. Um, it's mine. Oh, it is. OK. I just want to make sure because mine gets wacky, too, sometimes. Yeah, I've never done one of these. My the- work. They were supposed to add a. Yeah, they were supposed to add a. Uh, Let's go. Like a power booster and they <laughs> are, are you in the office? You're not home. I'm at the office. Yeah. Got it. If I was at home, you'd see two red rats running around. I was going to say, like, where's, where's the cat? <laughs> yeah, no. That, the cat is the le- least of my concerns. It's the children. It's yeah. The children. So let's, um, can we work through an, a specific example, maybe, of one that, one that's come up that you can sort of give us a dry run of how that would, how that would work? Yeah, let me think. I feel like I, I feel like I, I feel like I may. Um, hmm. We could just do the kid one. Yeah, I I think that one. I can't remember. That one makes sense. Um, so we could do, so one person comes in, says, I want kids. The other person is saying, I don't want kids. And so they have to advocate for their own side and why it would be why, you know, of course, they're going to say why they want what they want or don't want what they don't want. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have to then advocate to the other person why it would be good for them. So if I'm coming in and I'm and I want children, then I'm going to try to present a case to my partner of why is it good for them? to have us have kids and why is it then good for the relationship because obviously if i'm if i'm advocating for something if i want something it's because it's good for me hopefully right we already know that we want to know why it's good right right we want to know what's why is it good for the partner as well as the relationship and and then the other person is going to advocate for their side and so why if, why is not you know, when they just are going to be negotiating? Yes. Okay. And then they're going to negotiate, and uh, they're going to have conversations about what they're saying, and see whether either one can say like, "Oh, yeah, I get that," or you know, and I'm bringing, I'm bringing in resentment. Um, you know, if the one person changes their mind and says, okay, um, fine, then we just kids. Well, then I'm, I'm there to help them think about what might happen down the line. If they're just acquiescing or if they're just saying yes, when they really might mean no, or, um, if they really haven't thought it through and they're just trying to avoid loss. 
Um, so then we're talking about all of that. And if it gets to the point where they're not budging, then letting them sit with the two of you, this is a, this is a big deal. And, and you both strongly in opposite ways. And sounds like you might need to call it. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, having to explain to the partner why what you want would be good for them and the relationship. I would imagine it's sometimes those people can't think of a reason why it would be good for the other person. And then that's sort of, I would imagine, helps shape the outcome. You know, like, ah, light bulb moment. Like, I, it's it's me. I'm being selfish. Like, I want it. But it. I really feel like it maybe it wouldn't be good for the relationship. And then I assume that helps get people through to that next decision-making point. Yeah. And sometimes it, it, they can't come, they can't come up with how it would be good for the other person or the relationship. Exactly. They simply are like, this is, this is where I stand. I always have seen myself as a mother. Uh, that is what I've always wanted. And that is never going to change. And if I don't become a mother, I will be resentful. So if you do not want to be a father or a, another parent with me, then this isn't going to work. But people will try to bend reality a lot of the time in order to avoid the loss. Sure. Sure. Or pretend. And or as a therapist, it's, yeah. They, they, I mean, they will always try. It's just amazing what human beings will do. But as the therapist, you have to uh, stand for reality and mm -hmm. make sure that they're not bending that and living in fantasy land um, and have them actually deal with what is. Yeah, I could see that for sure. So um, we talked about what you do in therapy. We talked about what couples usually do, which is avoid and, and sort of brush it under the carpet. Um, let's talk about boundary versus ultimatum. Those were some of the things that, are we there yet? Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. Um, oftentimes when, uh, and, and this happens, you know, because um, I think our society is, is really confused about about codependence as and ultimatums and what is a boundary and you know all of these terms that we kind of throw around um and so oftentimes if i'm with a couple and i'm i'm putting some pressure on the system of hey you know sounds like his drinking doesn't work for you hmm. um and then somebody will say that that person might say, well, I don't want to give them an ultimatum of like, you either stop drinking or I'll leave. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they're not seeing it at, you know, it's like, if you're not willing to throw down like that, um, which isn't necessarily, it sounds like an ultimatum, um, but it's actually a boundary of like, Hey, you know, your drinking doesn't work for me. Uh, and if you continue to drink, that is okay, but I will then have to leave mm -hmm. because that is my boundary because, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic family, whatever it is like, this just sure. doesn't work for me. 
and there's not a, I'm trying to manipulate you by giving you an ultimatum. I'm simply putting down a boundary. And there are so many clients that will resist that because mm-hmm. they keep thinking it's an ultimatum. And yeah. ultimately it's, uh, they are um, unwilling to put down a boundary. They don't know what boundaries are. And they also uh, don't know, <laughs> well, the other part that then happens also is that somebody, because their boundaries are hard for people, somebody will throw down a boundary that uh, <laughs> is a little bit comical in a way because you're like, you're, you're never going to follow through on that. You've said that so many times. Like if he, if he doesn't stop drinking, you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Or, if, you know, that, you know, you're, you're full of shit, really. And that if you're going to throw down, if you're going to actually say, if you do this, I will leave, you've got to mean it. Because otherwise, if you don't, if you throw down and you don't do it, then you get what you deserve. Yeah. Which means that you tell the other person that whatever you say is bullshit and they can keep doing whatever the hell they want to do and you will stay. It's just like parking tickets and taking the car away. Same thing. Keep getting parking tickets. Yep. Yeah. Feel like this is a parenting show sometimes <laughs> until it overlaps right yeah it totally does um it's interesting too when you talked about you know setting the boundaries and that people don't don't necessarily want to to do that because it sounds like an ultimatum you're really giving the your partner a choice right uh, i mean choice sounds a little bit less scary than an ultimatum, right? Like I'm going to, if you, if you yeah. drinking, drinking's a deal breaker for me and I can't deal with it. And if you know, you're going to take you drink, I can't be with you. Then it's like, okay, well I need to either stop drinking or accept the fact that this person's going to leave me. Yeah. Your one is, one is standing in, um, firm self, um, uh, what do I want to say? Self uh, understanding and, you know, that you know what works for you, what doesn't work for you that, and, and really just saying, Hey, this is my boundary. And the ultimatum is done uh, is it has fear. It's a fear-based tactic, right? And it's done to try to scare the other person into changing their behavior. Um, So, there's a very different energy behind it. And I'm guessing you don't recommend ultimatums, correct? I do not recommend ultimatums. I mean, when does that ever work for people? Sure, sure. Baseball bat management doesn't work all the time like that. But Um, I think the thing that happens that is challenging and there's something that's chronic and that is kind of subtle. So perhaps, um, like I had a couple yesterday and <clears throat> they have a, an issue in their relationship where they make agreements 
and one person constantly doesn't uh, doesn't abide by the agreement. Okay. And decides to go against the agreement when and if they want to. And so at what, you know, so this is, this happens a lot in relationships at like, at what point does the person who isn't breaking the agreement get to, Hey, if you break another agreement, then we're done rather than, um, you know, then continuing to tolerate it. But then, you know, it's like, oh, we agreed that you, we would brush our teeth before bed. I don't know. I mean, something stupid that is like happening in a little thing that they've agreed upon and the person doesn't follow through, then they're stuck with, is that something that I then call it on? Or do I, is that stupid to call it over that? I mean, it's still, they still didn't follow through and I said I would leave, but now I don't know, you know, like it, there's a gray issue with those things. And so you really have to, um, the therapist has to help them think through those scenarios. Sorry, did I break up? A little bit. You just said that the therapist has to get you through those scenarios. Yeah, like the therapist has to help the clients think through those, you know, that if the say that she says, well, okay, it, uh, if we make another agreement and, you know, it doesn't work for me to be in a relationship where we make agreements and, and we don't follow through on them. So that if you aren't willing to follow through on them and we make another agreement, then, um, then we're done then it's my responsibility to say, okay, so if you guys agree, you're not going to have dessert and all of a sudden he's sneaking a chocolate chip cookie, uh, you're leaving him. Right. So, right. I'm, I am making sure that she is good with whatever she has actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, cause that certain, Certain circumstances, it sounds silly, right? But you're you're making sure that she understands the seriousness of the the decision, yep. right? I mean, and and with that example, you know, the therapist has to do a better job. It, you know, was very different than just dealing with a deal breaker because what we talked about was how the two of them are functioning under different principles um, and in terms of how the relationship work and how agreements work. So that has to be dealt with first before we can see whether it's a deal breaker or not. Like they're not in agree. Like if they, if, if say he says, um, I'm sorry, I think I should be, we can make an agreement, but if I feel like breaking it, then, I get to do that. And she says, no, an agreement is an agreement. And you don't, we don't break that unless we talk about it first. And they they cannot come to an agreement on that. Then that's the deal breaker. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, completely. I want to, I want to jump to this question from Scott here. It says, when is the best time to discover the deal breakers in a relationship too soon? It's too serious, too fast, too late. You are too committed. So in other words, if you're talking about deal breakers on the first date, <laughs> it's kind of like, whoa, um, 
but once you're committed and then you've discussed them, obviously that can cause some issues too. What do you think about that? Um, the sooner the better. So I don't think that talking about deal breakers on a first date is a bad thing because you don't waste your time. Right. Um, I think, you know, if you're like, Hey, do you want kids? You know, if that's a deal breaker, like get it out there. Hey, you know, I mean, I used to, um, when I was single and I'd be interested in a guy and then I found out he smoked cigarettes done. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care how great he was it's a deal breaker for me and I knew it and I didn't need to even talk about it really. It was just, we're done. Um, yeah. And I ended a relationship with somebody who uh, I really loved, um, but he was a self-admitted alcoholic and was not going to get treatment. And I was like, not going to, not going to get married and do that to myself or my children. So no. Right. And, um, you know, so uh, the sooner the better. It's never too early. Yeah. Okay. Um, do's and don'ts for handling deal breakers. Just, I imagine this is from the couple's perspective. What should you do? What yeah. You do? Well, do not, uh, do not kick the can down the road. <laughs> deal with it. Uh, throw down unless you really mean it. Um, get help to deal with them because, um, when the attachment system, you know, when we, when we pair bond, meaning we come together as a pair, that's a very, very strong unit. It is hard to break. Um, they don't make songs about that for no reason. You know, it's like breaking <laughs> up is hard to do. Like that's, yeah. that's, um, so so, you know, it's, it is so hard for couples to actually deal with this, these things um, on their own because of that attachment system. And not, it's not to say that you can't, it's just if you're, if you're kind of stuck or you even think there might be something going on and you need some help flushing it out. I mean, I suggest getting, you know, like a therapist to help you um, and work it and know that, uh, you are, you are better off to end a relationship than kick the can down the road with a deal breaker unsettled. Okay. Because it, it takes, when you have those things underground that aren't settled, uh, they're getting played out in all these different ways. They fester. And they do fester and that's called allostatic load. What's okay. called allostatic load. And the more allostatic load you have in the relationship on yourself, uh, the more um, the more energy that takes and the more it then wreaks havoc on your physical health, heart attacks, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, X, Y, Z, they're all related to high allostatic load and you do not want that. Yeah. So are, are you more of a mediator in these situations or a therapist or both when it comes to hashing out deal breakers? Um, uh, as a therapist, I have a jillion different hats on. 
<laughs> in a session, a jillion different. I'm investigating, I'm mediating, I'm therapist, I'm surgeon, I'm a lawyer, I'm, you know, I've got so many different hats on. So yes, and yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no and always and, and yes all of the above mm -hmm. name um, and profession can you, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about we, we brought up attachment styles are there certain attachment styles that tend to have deal breakers sort of more often than not and are they the ones that are maybe not willing to to budge on some of those Is, do you do you see patterns there as it relates to certain attachment styles? Um, I would say the tendency, I mean, all couples will run into these things. Mm -hmm. um, islands or avoidantly attached uh, would, their tendency would be, you know, if we go to the extreme end, would be to say, um, <laughs> um, would be to say, uh, you don't like it? Oh, well. Like, ah. you know, uh, I don't need, like, I, I see things my way. I want things my way. You need to do things my way. That's like a very extreme island. And the, the wave or the anxiously attached um, would be resentful, uh, would be more whiny, complainy, about what they're wanting, but could never actually, would have a very hard time throwing down and saying, this is how I, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm gonna do, or and or following through. Yeah, because they don't wanna lose the other person really. Yeah, and they think they can change their mind or they could just do it their way. Mm -hmm. for fear of loss. Yeah, that makes sense. But once it's just so, so fascinating, this is how it gets played out. If you have an island in a wave in a deal breaker, um, that's how it would kind of generically play out. Mm -hmm. As soon as the wave is able to is able to um, actually throw down and actually mean it, uh, that's all of a sudden when the island starts to get bought in and <laughs> starts to change their tune about, uh, oh, it's my way or the highway. Then all of a sudden they start to change. And, you know, it's, it's like, um, I liken it to a game of chess where what couples tend to do is they'll be, they're, playing a game of chess and they'll take a piece and they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to put it down. I think I'm going to put it down. I think I might make move here, but they never take their fingers off of that piece. So the other person can't move. Right. And then they're like, mm, maybe I'll, eh, maybe I'll go here. Oh, hold, on, oh, hold on. I'm going to go here, but they never make. Actually make a move. Then the other person can't make a move. Mm -hmm. So they just stay stuck, which happens all the time with couples. They just like to stay stuck in this murky thing rather because they're so afraid. They think in their mind, if I make this move and I actually take my fingers off of this, 
they will make this move and then I'll make this move. They, they, they think they know they have, mm. they really have no idea. They have no idea, but they're so afraid of what will happen because in their mind, they've played it out that they won't make a move and then they'll just stay stuck. And so what the therapist's job is, is to put pressure on the system so that at least one of them makes a move and it's clear so that then we see what does the other person do with that? Because mm -hmm. then it's their turn and they make a move and then the next person makes a move. It's not over till it's over. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that analogy. Oh, so many parallels to real life. <laughs> All right. Well, we're at the half hour mark. I feel like we've exhausted that uh, deal breaking thing. We've got more topics uh, up for next week. Do we want to keep this time frame? Do you think we like it? Maybe I think Maybe so. Not? Next week, I know. I know next week I can't do in the morning. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll tentatively plan for that. You guys can um, check out Live Happily Ever Awesome on Instagram to get updates, um, clips. We'll have audio out on the podcast platforms shortly and uh, and look for clips and things like that. Again, we are always looking for couples that want to be uh, spotlighted on the show. Um, we always have a call-in number if you guys want to call in with your questions. And um, we'll always take some polls to figure out what topics we want to talk about next. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, like, if the couple decides to come on and they, you know, it's like, you don't have to just take your hugest thing. It could be a little thing, or it could be, it could be something that you just, you get stuck on. It's like rinse and repeat. Yeah. And that we could, I could try to help you guys get unstuck, which then translates into your whole relationship, which would be amazing for you and re would relieve allostatic load. I love it. That's a big word. Allostatic load. How do you spell that? A-L-A-S-T-A-T-I-C? A-L-L-A. No, A-L-L-O and then static. Allostatic. All right. I'm going to Google that. Allostatic. Word. I like to learn new words. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you as always. Have a great week. Um, you guys hang tight and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.